Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott. Amy is off today uh, trying to uh, dig her Texas home out of all the snow that they've got down there. Uh, we have a very special guest today. We are on Seller Roundtable number 94. Chris McCabe's here. Chris, thank you so much for uh, being on today. really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, Chris, what we like to start out with is a little background on yourself. Uh, you know, I know that you used to work for Amazon, but would love to hear, you know, maybe where you grew up, if you went to school, uh, kind of what mm -hmm. got you to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, I grew up here in the Boston area. I lived out in the West Coast for better part of 18, 19 years before I moved back here. Um, I worked at Amazon for several years, uh, six years in Seattle. Actually, I ended up living in Seattle for almost a decade uh, and then moved to New York when I left Seattle to start this business. In terms of education, went to UC Berkeley for anyone who's from the Bay Area or anyone who went there, but a uh, long time the ago. Bears. I haven't been in, yeah, I moved out of California about 20 years ago um, up to Seattle. Most people do that move the other way, <laughs> the reverse. Um, but I was getting more into e-commerce and at that time I was like a fraud investigator, um, making on the buyer side, making sure buyers weren't doing fraudulent purchases, ripping people off. Uh, that wasn't what Amazon brought me in to do. I was doing A to Z guarantee claims, which we all know what that is, uh, back in the days of when no one knew what that was. I spent a lot of time educating the buying public and sellers what A to Z claims were. Uh, moved from there to the seller enforcement, policy enforcement, seller performance teams, um, I would say almost 14 years ago now. So been consulting and doing this, working with this material that we're talking about today, off and on for 12, 13 years. And uh, I won't say loving every minute of it, but <laughs> when, we, when we score a victory and we clarify some of the nonsense you were referencing earlier, the bots, the, the unread appeals, the, the failure of Amazon to review something you spent all afternoon on, let's say, maybe all week on to, to get it tight and just right for them to accept an appeal. I mean, that's nerve wracking. And obviously we're helping a lot of people straighten out those, uh, those situations. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mostly, mostly core services, reinstatement of accounts and ASIN reinstatements are what we're primarily known for, but we're also helping people report abuse when they're being attacked by competitors and things like that. Yeah. And, and so, uh, business must be booming <laughs> business. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately you're not business is constant when it comes to bad behavior, but also sloppy behavior on Amazon side and the lack of organization. And as you said, they're trying to automate more, not less as time goes on, which was already in the works even before Andy Jassy was named the incoming CEO. But if you have a guy who's running AWS, taking over management of the marketplace, because he's not taking that over per se, he's taking everything over. Yep. Um, we're expecting even more automation, which sounds scary and probably is scary, but uh, yeah. it just means sellers have to be on their toes and on their game with the appeals process ever more so. I actually love, as a software guy, I love yeah. automation, but the mm -hmm. problem with it is uh, they're training the automation, right? So it's like yeah. three years or more. I mean, and, and even with the AI models and stuff that they're working on mm -hmm. right now, it still doesn't get it right. So the problem is, is, you know, 
when they when they go to to uh you know when you uh turn on autopilot in an airplane there's still a human there to make sure that that airplane doesn't crash right whereas right. on uh in amazon's uh world i feel like they just have the autopilot on and hope the plane doesn't crash right and the and the plane is your business um and you know i i definitely have a love hate relationship with amazon but lately i mean i've just i've been getting so frustrated because uh, the few avenues that they did have, they continuously take away, like the captive team. There's no mm-hmm. no captive captive team anymore. Uh, Jeff at you know at Amazon.com used to be the kind of executive yeah. thing that you know once the word got out that that was a you know all this stuff gets out and then it just gets inundated because mm-hmm. this and that should be to me proof to sellers or to Amazon that they're not taking care of sellers. And I think I uh, at one of the Amazon events they did you know they they revealed that you know, the, the little polls that they do in seller central all the time, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's abysmal. I mean, they never get, you know, (laughs) uh, I I would be surprised if they get above 5% satisfaction on any of those questions because, uh, even if a a seller is feeling like they might in that one area be getting, you know, decent support, they just out of anger. I know I do this. I'm just like, you get nothing right. You get an unsatisfactory, no matter what, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'm just so frustrated. Um, if you were in charge of Amazon, I know this, this is a very loaded question and, but I mean, how, I like uh, it already. So keep you, going. Oh, this okay. is a good start to a question. All right. All right. So you <laughs> liked my, you liked my, my rant episode. So uh, I like that, but um, you know, how can, I mean, should Amazon restrict new sellers on the platform until they catch up? Should they, I mean, try to bring on more, I mean, what's the, is there a solution? What's the solution uh, to all of these issues? They already restrict newbies or the un, uninitiated unfamiliar by suspending them when you make a mistake. So it's already set up for, you know, ignorance is never considered an excuse. Being new is never an excuse. Being unaware or lacking knowledge to Amazon at least means nothing. It just means it's almost like an argument for suspending people when they're new instead of cutting them more slack. And I don't think sellers or any new business understands that. Um, because it seems counterintuitive. From Amazon's perspective, it's 100% on target. That's exactly what they want. Um, Whether it's because they find it easier to scale this way or not, or whether it's just tolerated that they can be a little disorganized with how they roll these things out or not, simply because they're a monopoly and they don't care. Um, This is how they want it. Um, So you have to just be at the top of your game all the time. You have to also have a very thick skin. I mean, you your frustration, everything I've heard you express either on podcasts or not, uh, is those are feelings I share myself. And I, I mean, I, I'm numb to it to an extent after having worked there and come up through their system. I have to say things worked a lot better when I was there, not just because I was there, because my whole team was, you know, kind of able to give more input. They were more in charge of like, this is not working. This is working. This is what we can try. Obviously, the scale was different. Smaller teams, fewer global marketplaces. Um, you know, we had once a week, maybe once a month calls with the European teams because we, we were able to keep things localized, centralized in Seattle and tight there. And if things are going wrong in India, we were able to just say, here, do it this way from now on. It's not like that anymore. Now, much more decentralized. Um, so in terms of how you fix it, the short version would be, you know the automation won't go away. You just have to improve how the automation is married to the human element and how SOPs and standard operating procedures plus internal team tools 
are retrained, adapted, better, um, enhanced, modified, whatever those guys need to do a better job investigating seller accounts in the first place before they do a suspension. Um, as they process appeals, as they review whether or not a plan of action or a POA is acceptable, uh, do you need to present evidence that you've actually fixed things or can you just say it in a plan of action? Do, does Amazon even know the difference? Those are things that have to be ironed out. Otherwise, they can improve all the machine learning they want. It's not going to make the difference. And then, like you said, the communication only gets worse, right? Steadily downward. It's more generic, more vague, more murky, not enough details. Buyers have complained about your products. Really? What's the complaint? I don't know. You find it. We yeah. can't tell you. It's a secret. The communication, um, I mean, I can definitely say the communication that we had when I was there was lacking to an extent, but it was nowhere near this this awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from my perspective, one, one of the things uh, that it continuously frustrates me over and over again, and you know, I run my own software business, granted it's nowhere near the size of Amazon. And, uh, you know, but... The thing yeah. that there's yeah. no, there's no proactive, you know, instead of taking my ACE and down, which happened, you know, uh, you know, every Q4, they get this, you know, that they release the bots on all the listings and, mm -hmm. and, you know, one of my products got taken down for like the 10th time. I mean, you know, it's like the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, and they want, they wanted me to fix the listing, right? I think it had like uh, best in it, you know, something stupid like that. Yeah. And rather than be proactive and send an email that says, Hey, these are the things that we've noticed in your listing that we don't like. Can you please go and fix that? They just take the listing down and then I submit appeals, but on the appeal, they lock the listing. So I can't edit the listing to make the correction. Yeah, that's, that's preposterous. That I mean, and, and I went through back and forth with them for 20 days and all I would get is a form uh, you know, the, 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 uh, canned response saying, Hey, the, you know, this isn't an acceptable response for this infraction. Whatever. And yeah. I was just like, the only reason I got through it is because I spend enough on PVC to, that I've had a PVC account manager for, you know, since pretty much since like year one or two. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was able to reach out to them and, you know, he kind of escalated and stuff, but even that they've taken a lot of that power away. I mean, they have, yeah, that yeah, was I being used, abused. That's why they took it away. Yeah. Account managers used to have more visibility into what's going on with you. Now they don't have as much. Yeah. yeah and it's just like, I don't know, I guess to me, I look at the Zappos model, right. And, and to mm -hmm. me, I think that if I were Amazon, I would err on the side of giving my people, um, you know, the resources to be able to help sellers. Now I know that, you know, there was a lot of, um, a, a lot of uh, kind of, you know, data being leaked and, you know, payoffs and things like that. Um, but I feel like that's not an excuse. That's an Amazon problem, not a seller problem. And I feel mm -hmm. like they, you know, they need to, you know, whether it's random screenshots on the account manager's computer or, you know, I, I don't know what it is, so, some way to determine. Some solution has to be put into place. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, start prosecuting these people who are doing this because it's technically, you know, espionage and uh, corporate espionage, mm -hmm. which is illegal. Mm -hmm. So uh, to me, it's. Which they have. I mean, in fairness, Amazon, it wasn't just the FBI investigating those guys. Amazon was cooperating with that investigation. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, but yeah. as, but, you know, Amazon should have been proactive, like literally oh, turning. Right. Yeah you know, turning people over saying, Hey, if you steal our data, we are going to report, you know, we're, we're not going to take mm -hmm. this, you know, lightly. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's just been, I mean, that's just one, I mean, one of the things I remember early on before brand registry and things like that, our entire account got hijacked for oh, no. uh, you know, 
we had like probably 300 products at the time and almost mm -hmm. every single one uh was hijacked uh you know from from a chinese seller um and it, it was just maddening. There was nothing you could do. And it, and it's, it's hard to build a business. You know, it, it's funny because once again, we go back to the love hate with Amazon, right? Like people love it because, you know, my, my e-commerce business, like 90 to 95% of the business comes from there. I mean, we saw wish and oh, sure. you know, we had our own website, so, but, but honestly, if you're talking time in time out or time and money out, it, Amazon wins hands down. But on the flip side, I just don't trust Amazon to be my partner in building my business. So it's kind of like, you know, it's this catch 22, mm -hmm. you know, at what point are they going to change some rule that all of a sudden now my business is, you know, uh, my products are taken down, you know, like you know, some of the stuff I sell is, you know, you have to get approval for and things like that. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is now a prohibited item or what, you know, it's just out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, yeah these are fixable problems, right? Like the one you mentioned earlier where you couldn't edit the listing content in order to make it compliant, like that is fixable. There's no excuse for not quickly putting something together that makes that do, maybe not quickly, but eventually putting something in place that makes it so that that doesn't require a whole new system, a whole new tool to be built. Maybe they would tell you that that's what it takes. Um, and that's why they haven't changed it. I mean, look at the account health dashboard it's completely inconsistent in terms of updates. Some, some people successfully appeal something and it doesn't fall off for two or three months and other people is two or three days. Well, that's because it's an old clunky tool that needs to be built, rebuilt, replaced. I mean, the whole of seller central, I think rolled out in what, 2010, 2009. So th these are ancient things <laughs> that need yeah. to be swapped yeah. out for something better. And that is fixable. Eventually someday those improvements are coming, but they do it at their pace, not your pace, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Now that being I said- I agree with you. I mean, yeah, they, they have the resources, they have the data, they, they hire like crazy. It's not like seller performance. Now they've capped the hiring and they can't hire, you know, a hundred more people in Seattle or even globally to make some of the pain points a little bit easier on sellers. They could do that. Yeah. They're not afraid to put some human capital it, towards the problem and also to add other types of resources, software or otherwise to fix problems. It's just, there's so, there's so many problems that they want to fix in their order and their chronology. Yeah. And, and it, the marketplace yeah. stuff is always the last on the list. Right. And, and that's insane yeah. because, you know, when, 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 you know, sellers make money, Amazon makes money. I know that their mm -hmm. theory is like, you know, if, if one seller falls off, there's somebody hungry right behind them. Right. So they yeah. could care less. They're, the sellers are a number as a stock, you know, as, as uh, you know, if you're a stockholder, I get that they're trying to make the most profit they can. They're trying to, uh, you know, every company is, is trying to do that. Well, not every, but you know, a lot, a lot of the big ones are, there's hopefully some with, you know, getting a little bit more uh, in terms of, you know, having some heart, uh, mm -hmm. but it, it, to me, it's like, you know, we did so many great things, uh, especially, you know, in this country when you, when we did things like skunks, skunk works, right. Where you have these small little teams, you know, to me, it's like, if I, if I were in charge of Amazon, I'm going to, I'm going to go from the software side since we got onto that, mm -hmm. you know, if I was in charge of Fine. Amazon, I would have little, little teams, right. I'd have five, uh, people on a PPC team. And that sounds like a, a, not a lot in terms of development, but honestly, mm -hmm. it's plenty. If you, if you get to the point where you're using modern development practices, you're streamlining, you're, you know, kind of starting from scratch, um, you know, building, building these tools over again, and then, you know, and then filtering off just like they do on the, the shopper side of things, right? You know, when you yeah. log in and say, hey, we got this new dashboard experience, who wants to try it? 
you know, do that for like a year, get tons of feedback, see what works, Mm -hmm. what doesn't work, and then make, and then deploy it. And when you deploy it, only deploy it to, you know, uh, you know, sellers from Australia or sellers from, you know, a smaller, uh, you know, subgroup. Right. Canada or whatever. Which they do occasionally roll out regional testing. I mean, that is. Yeah. And I'm sure they, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they, they do that, but I just feel like it's at this point, it's like, you know, uh, Amazon is starting to look to me and I've said this for many years, more and more like, uh, like MySpace every day. I feel like, uh, <laughs> it, I never the... used MySpace, so it's hard for me to comment. Oh but... yeah. <laughs> that, that's I've used what... Facebook. There we go. But, but that's, yeah, but I mean, that's honestly what I, the more I, I start, you know, diving into Amazon, you know, I, I'm like, okay, when are you guys going to, going to improve this? And if you don't, mm-hmm. then somebody more hungry, somebody more innovative is going to come along. I mean, yeah just look at companies like, you know, Facebook, for example, if Facebook turned on a marketplace, it would put a, a big hurt on Amazon. And I'm still mm-hmm. surprised after all these years that Facebook hasn't done that. They've done like their marketplace thing and, and stuff like that. But I'm talking about a real yeah. marketplace. I mean, Google, Google shopping or, you know, whatever that was 10 years ago, maybe they could have started making some moves. Um, when I first left Amazon, I was kind of poking around with Google to see if they were planning on launching a marketplace. Um, they didn't seem that interested. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.